It's May 1st, and you are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and as always, I am honored that you would join us as we continue our journey through the one-year Bible plan in the New Living Translation. It is what it sounds like. We are reading through the Bible in one year, and each day we look at an Old Testament, a New Testament, a proverb, and a psalm reading from the scriptures. And today, we're going to begin one of the uh, most famous and fascinating stories in the Bible, and that is the story of Samson. Yes, if you went to Sunday school as a kid, you probably drew a picture or colored something with Samson on it. So for some of you, this might be a reminder. And uh, yeah, you know, if you're reading it for the first time as an adult, you may go, ooh, they didn't teach me that in Sunday school. Because that tends to be the way the stories go. So we're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. Judges chapter 13 and 14 today is going to be our Old Testament reading. We'll start with chapter 13, verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines, who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. The woman ran and told her husband, A man of God appeared to me. He looked like one of God's angels. Terrifying to see. I didn't ask where he was from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he told me, You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. For your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. Okay, (laughs) let's pause. Your wife comes and tells you, an angel came and told me I'm going to get pregnant. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really ask any questions about his name or anything, but yeah, that's what happened. I mean, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, really? That's, <laughs> that's the best excuse you could come up with. Uh, verse 8. <laughs> then Mano prayed to the Lord, saying, Lord, please let the man of God come back to us and give us more instructions about the son who is to be born. <laughs> yeah, I think I would, uh, I'd be right there with him. Verse 9. God answered Mano's prayer, and the angel of God appeared once again to his wife as she was sitting in the field, but her husband Mano was not with her. So she quickly ran and told her husband, the man who appeared to me the other day is here again. Mano ran back with his wife and asked, are you the man who spoke to my wife the other day? Yes, he replied, I am. So Mano asked him, when your words come true, what kind of rules should govern the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord replied, be sure your wife follows the instructions I gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, or eat any forbidden food. Then Mano said to the angel of the Lord, Please stay here until we can prepare a young goat for you to eat. I will stay, the angel of the Lord replied, but I will not eat anything. However, you may prepare a burnt offering as a sacrifice to the Lord. Mano didn't realize it was the angel of the Lord. Then Mano asked the angel of the Lord, What is your name? For when all this comes true, we want to honor you. Why do you ask my name? The angel of the Lord replied. It is too wonderful for you to understand. Then Mano took a young goat and a grain offering and offered it on a rock as a sacrifice to the Lord. 
And as Mano and his wife watched, the Lord did an amazing thing. As the flames from the altar shot up toward the sky, the angel of the Lord ascended in the fire. When Mano and his wife saw this, they fell with their faces to the ground. The angel did not appear again to Mano and his wife. Mano finally realized it was the angel of the Lord, and he said to his wife, We will certainly die, for we have seen God. Pause. What's going on here? Well, if you've been following along with us, we talked about it before, but this is a Christophany, many scholars would believe. What is that? Well, Jesus uh, existed before he came to earth. So uh, the Jesus, he wasn't Jesus. He, he's, he's always been the Christ. Uh, there's three members of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They've all existed forever. Uh, Jesus took on human flesh at a time in history, 2,000 years ago. The Old Testament obviously written thousands of years before Jesus but we see these certain times in which um, an angel will come and visit people. And then there's times where it's like more than an angel obviously coming and visiting people. And most scholars, and, and we would believe that these are called Christophanies. It's Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. And one of the sure fire ways we can know is because when an, somebody attempts to worship an angel in the Bible, the angel tells them to stop, tells them to get up. Uh, but there are these little instances like this where the angel... Um, the, the one in question, the angel of the Lord, as it is referred to here, allows them to worship. Well, why? Well, because it's God. And you can see Menno even says, we will certainly die for we have seen God. Really interesting. Verse 23. But his wife said, if the Lord were going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offering and grain offering. He wouldn't have appeared to us and told us this wonderful thing and done these miracles. When her son was born, she named him Samson. And the Lord blessed him as he grew up. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he lived in Mahadan Dan, which is located between the towns of Zorah and Estael. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, A young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you can marry? They asked. Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, Get her for me. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines, who ruled over Israel at that time. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaw apart with his bare hands. <laughs> It's like a Chuck Norris story. It's amazing. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. I guess ripping young goat's jaws apart is easy. I wouldn't know. Continuing on in the Bible. Obviously, I hope that you're hoping you, you can see uh, where I'm interjecting here. It's, it's my hope. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't tell his father or mother about it. Verse 7. When Samson arrived in Timnah, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. I love that. You, he ripped a lion's jaw apart and he didn't tell his dad or mom about it. Like, ah, uh, yeah, did you have a good day? Yeah, it's all right. Verse 8. Later, when he returned to Timnah for the wedding, he turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion. And he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. He also gave some to his father and mother and they ate it. But he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. As his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at Timnah, 
as was the custom for elite young men. When the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions. Samson said to them, Let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I will give you 35 linen robins and 30 sets of festive clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robins and 30 sets of festive clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear your riddle. So he said, Out of the one who eats eats comes something sweet. Okay, let's start over. Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to explain the riddle for us, and we will burn, or we will burn your father's house with you in it. It's a bit excessive. Did you invite us to this party just to make us poor? So Samson's wife came to him in tears. You don't love me. You hate me. You have given me, my people, a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother, he replied. Why should I tell you? So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. (laughs) I can make a lot of jokes here, and I'm just not going to do it. Continuing on. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. So before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. No commentary needed there on verse 18. Verse 19. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to the town of Ashkelon, killed 30 men, took their belongings, and gave their clothing to the men who had solved his riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and mother. So his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. <laughs> oh, you can't make these stories up, man. Like, I'm, I, I'm guessing you didn't talk about verse 20 when you were in Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Samson got mad, went back with his mom and dad, and the best man was like, ah, yeah, hey, I'll marry you. I love the book of Judges. Just fascinating stories. John chapter 1, verse 29 through 51, is our New Testament reading for the day. 29. The next day, John saw Jesus, this is John the Baptist, coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one who I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Yes, indeed, we know he did, right? We just read in Judges, a Christophany. Um, he existed from the beginning. Colossians would tell us that all things were created through and for him. This Jesus uh, coming is amazing. It's it's an intersection of God and human, intersection of what is common and what is holy, an intersection between earth and heaven. Jesus comes, and why does he come? Well, John says he's the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sin of the world. And that's exactly what he does. He lives a perfect, righteous life, and he dies an atoning death. And then he rises victoriously, defeating sin, defeating the power of sin, something we could never do, bringing the kingdom of God to earth so that whoever might trust in him and repent, repent's a big word. What does it mean? It means to turn from my wisdom about life to Jesus's wisdom about life. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to place my faith, believing that he is who he says he is. And what is the result of that? I'm purified of my sin. That what Jesus did for me 
What Jesus did counts for me. I have righteousness. I've been purified. I am able to stand in the presence of God because his righteousness has been imputed or given to me. I am able to be victorious over sin and live in the kingdom because Jesus was victorious over sin. And I have a glorious future hope. And that hope is the same hope um, of resurrection that Jesus experienced. Yeah, amazing. Verse 31. I did not recognize him as the Messiah. This is still John the Baptist speaking. But I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard that John said and then followed Jesus. Who heard what John said, sorry, and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses, the prophets, wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourselves, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is in the stairway between heaven and earth. That concludes our New Testament reading for the day. Moving on to our proverb for today, and that is going to be Proverbs chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. Only simpletons believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Two very good proverbs about planning. I don't know um, who that's for, but helps me. I know for my own sake, oftentimes I rush into things instead of uh, thinking fully through the commitments that I'm making. Great reminder. Our psalm for today is Psalm 102. And we generally try to pray through the psalms. And today would be a good one to pray through because it's literally a prayer. Uh, but it is very long. When it's long, I try to just read the whole thing and then pray at the end. But I would encourage you to pause me as the Lord would lead you. Take some time today and pray through the psalm. Have a conversation 
with the Lord because he, he wants to talk to you. He wants relationship with you. The 102nd Psalm, a prayer of one overwhelmed with trouble, pouring out problems before the Lord. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down to listen. And answer me quickly when I call to you. For my days disappear like smoke, and my bones burn like red-hot coals. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I have lost my appetite because of my groaning. I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like an owl in the desert, like a little owl in a far-off wilderness. I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. My enemies taunt me day after day. They mock and curse me. I eat ashes for food. My tears run down into my drink because of your anger and wrath. For you have picked me up and thrown me out. My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I am withering away like grass. But you, O Lord, will set on your throne forever. Your fame will endure to every generation. You will arise and have mercy on Jerusalem. And now is the time to pity her. Now is the time you promise to help. For your people love every stone in her walls and cherish even the dust in her streets. Then the nations will tremble before the Lord. The kings of the earth will tremble before his glory. For the Lord will rebuild Jerusalem. He will appear in his glory. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Let this be recorded for future generations, so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. Tell them the Lord looked down from his heavenly sanctuary. He looked down to earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners, to release those condemned to die. And so the Lord's fame will be celebrated in Zion, his praises in Jerusalem, when multitudes gather together and kingdoms come to worship the Lord. He broke my strength in midlife, cutting short my days. But I cried to him, O oh my God who lives forever, don't take my life while I am so young. Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. But you are always the same. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. Father, thank you that you allow for a psalm in your holy word uh, where people are crying out with their problems. I know many people listening to this may resonate with that. And uh, Lord, just thank you that you um, listen to us and you love us. And I do, Lord, thank you how uh, thank you for how this psalm ends, as it reminds us that you are seated firmly in your throne. Uh, we can always look to the gospel of Jesus and remember that on the cross you turned what was a symbol of loss and pain into a symbol of victory. The cross is Jesus' victory over sin and death. Lord, thank you that as your people, even when life looks terrible, we have a future hope. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you and we thank you for all that you've given us, including today's reading. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for this May 1st reading. And uh, I'd love to see you back here tomorrow for May 2nd as we continue our journey through the Bible on our podcast, Reading Through the Bible Together.